And one of my biggest like aha moments for myself and my clients is, do you have a weight problem or do you have a worth problem? If we don't raise our awareness and we don't figure out who we are and you don't voice who you are, those nagging symptoms, they're going to be there forever. Or you're going to get to your weight loss goal and you're going to still feel an empty feeling of why don't I feel better? Hello, hello. Yeah, that, that, that like two to three hello is like, that's my signature hello. <laughs> so we're going to answer the question today, the mindset and the mentality of being a pro athlete. So today we're talking to Amy, who is a pro basketball player. And we're going to have this conversation on, you know, sometimes it feels in a healing journey, in a wellness journey, it feels like you're the only one with that all or nothing mentality. And I want to expand on that today and talk about why and how we become programmed and, you know, that nervous system loop, that negative feedback loop that we're going to talk about uh, a lot in this conversation. How does that affect our nervous system in general? How does that affect chronic illness? How does, how does that affect autoimmune? And how, how does that affect all the the quote unquote setbacks on what happens in our chronic illness journey, what happens in that and how do we deal with that? Because one of my main things, and me and Amy, we were, we've been talking about this since like we've met and we met what, almost like a year ago, Amy, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's crazy. And we've been talking about the rest, but don't quit mantra, right? So uh, let's get into it. Uh, Amy, hello. Thank you for hello. being here. Welcome. Introduce yourself. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, I'm Amy. I am a former professional athlete. I played professionally. I played basketball all over the world. Um, I played in Australia, Spain, Puerto Rico, Romania, and and Poland. And I played Division One at Arizona State, where we were the first team in the women's program to not only make the NCAA tournament, but we made the um, Sweet 16 round. So anybody that is into March Madness as much as I am, we'll know that that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, so I played until I was 30 years old. I retired and, you know, not having lived in the States for uh, almost eight years. Coming back, settling down, I was in a brand new relationship, who, which is now my husband. God bless that man who went through a lot of the identity crisis and just the figuring it out. I'd always felt a lot of stress around what my teammates thought of me. I felt a lot of stress around obviously performance. I felt a lot of stress around the controlling of my personality on the court and kind of being deemed as the aggressive B-I-T-C-H and, yeah. and looping that with who I was off the court and making sure that people knew that even though I had this really aggressive, competitive, like badass part of me, but please, I just need you to know that I am a really nice person. And so I did a lot of proving in that way or trying to prove in that way. And that obviously led very much into when I came back to the States and, you know, just getting a, getting a job and trying to figure all that out. So after shortly after I retired about three years, I was diagnosed with my second autoimmune disorder, which is Hashimoto's, which affects your thyroid. Um, and I was born with the first. And so, yeah, I've just, you know, through kind of talking with Jetta, and I think a lot of, you know, women that have gone through any sort of thyroid autoimmune or any sort of chronic health or health issues just, you know, battled to find that support uh, from our medical system. And, and that kind of led me to kind of combining, you know, the leadership and the mentality and 
the stubbornness of, of saying this is, there's no way I'm going to live. I'm not going to settle to live my life feeling like this. And then combining that kind of coaching side too, now that I've kind of gone through my journey to helping other women feel better and um, not settle. So that's kind of not settle, right? Condensed version. I'm actually curious. What was your first chronic illness or autoimmune? So my first one, it's, uh, it has to do with the lungs and the liver. My grandmother had it. Um, she actually, my biological grandmother, she actually passed from it. Um, it's called, uh, I have to, I, I usually don't talk about it that much. It's, um, I have, let me, let me think about it. Cause I can't, it's okay, anti-trypsin, yeah, yeah. but it has to do with trypsin, how your okay. body, um, creates trypsin. Please so, trypsin. Yeah. okay. Okay. I know someone else that does listen out. She's also a fitness coach. Mm-hmm. And uh, me and her uh, go back and forth about that because it doesn't have to do a lot with the liver too. So I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I believe it's called alpha one antitrypsin deficiency. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a chronic illness. Okay. So a few things, a few questions. I want to talk about the leadership that Mm. we are, that is instilled in us in the sport. And then how does that affect the mindset and the mentality around kind of like what your next move is in your mm-hmm. own journey. So something something that I've gone really being mindful about it and really recognizing this is that the mindset and the mentality that I had in gymnastics, it was almost like it was like two sides to my brain. There is two sides to my brain, but it was two, it was two sides that didn't correlate with each other, right? And mm-hmm. it felt like at gymnastics, I had to be okay, be okay, be okay. Because I'm sure you know, this is like, if you are, if you are, uh, you know, on the court, or you're at a meet, and you're like, man, my stomach is cramping up, right? Like, you can't be like, on the beam and like doing all this stuff. You're like, Oh, my God, like, you can't be right. So we shove so many emotions, so many symptoms down. And when that's stopped I literally I I remember being specifically last night I was talking to one of my one-on-one clients about this actually I don't believe you have to kill off the person that you were before or or let go of the life that you had before I'm a really strong believer of I think there's so much to learn about that person and I feel like there is almost like a grieving but it's a grieving of like this person and that side of me now needs to teach this side what to do or what not to do, right? And so mm-hmm. now there's all these symptoms and it's without creating hyper-awareness. I'm, I'm big on that too, right? Like do the things without creating hyper-awareness and how do you do that, right? And so one of my things is learning from the past of, you know, being on the beam or being on bars or whatever and competing in these like really big competitions. But I mean, I, I, I competed one day or one day, one year, uh, at nationals with a broken toe competed mm-hmm. and that was normal that's normal right so I can't even explain you know saying oh yeah uh you know I'm really bloated so I can't really function well right now right and you learn to do those things so for me one of the things that I learned doing that was being mindful and saying okay acknowledging it and saying okay this is what I have to do vocalize it or write it down in a journal. Hey, this is this is what I feel. And then the next step is to really based on the symptom and based on what my body is asking, then I do the actual task, right? Mm-hmm. So for, for for an example, like 
if bloating is one of my symptoms, one of the things that I used to do was like, I'm not bloated. Like I literally tell myself I'm not bloated because I thought that if I do that, then it'll just go away. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think pain demands to be felt. I think pain is something that it's kind of like a toddler, right? If it screams mom, 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 and you don't pay attention to it, it just gets louder and louder and louder and louder, right? Until then, it either does something completely different to get your attention, or it just shuts down and shuts down everything else. Now that toddler doesn't want you, doesn't need you, it doesn't, right? It just is complete shutdown, right? So that's the way I look at it. And so for bloating, there's three things that I do is have I have I had a bowel movement? Of, here we are talking about poop. Have I, I had a it. bowel? Let's do it. <laughs> have I had a bowel movement? How has my bowel movement been? Have I been outside? Have I walked and have I done that intentional and gentle movement? Have I stretched? What have I done or I haven't done? And so if if I can answer that question, then it's the next the next thing to do. Okay, well, I know like broth helps me. I know having some cooked veggies with a whole grain. So maybe cook some, you know, like stir fry rice, right? I think that would help my bloating, right? Things like that. Because again, getting into that like all or nothing mindset is saying, man, again, I have this problem. I must not be doing something right. Yeah, I know. I guess for me, you know, on the positive side of that, I think using like I said before, using my, my almost mental stubbornness or, or my, you know, my competitiveness to, you know, we, I had to use that a lot to say, you know what, I'm going to show you. I was never the fastest. I'm tall, but I'm not, I'm like a weird midsize for basketball. I definitely cannot jump. And so for me, my, my, my mentality had always been learned from my dad. Like you will be the hardest worker and you will do that consistently. And that is how you will succeed. And whether that's succeeding, I never even knew professional basketball would be a thing when I grew up. I never knew I would be able to play overseas. So I was doing that because I, you know, the satisfaction of my hard work and I love the sport. Right. So for me, using that mentality of like, there has to be another way. Right. And, and just like we said before, not settling, but I think like, what is so interesting, I I was uh, thinking about this story and this is something maybe we can talk about this like off offline, but I, when I was 16 years old, I started to swell and I had really, really bad hives. And so they would come very randomly. They would come around my period. And so times of stress, and I thought it was something related to food. I didn't understand. And it would be swelling randomly all over my body. There would be no way to predict it. When I was a senior in college and we had our last home game at senior night, it's a big deal, right? Last time I'm going to play in that arena, we get honored as seniors. The day before, two days before, my feet swole so bad I couldn't walk. And I had to get steroid shots to be able to not only stand up, but to play. And there would be times when we were running and doing our conditioning, which is never my forte. Give me a basketball, I'll run all day. Tell me to run down and touch that line like, ew. And (laughs) (laughs) So I was always the one doing extra conditioning and all that. And I had this thought when I was running one time and it was like, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. And it was like, I could literally just stop. I could just literally stop running right now. But that was never like, it was more of a thought that how could I roll my ankle enough where I could get out of this, but still play tomorrow. Those are the thoughts I'm having. It was never a thought of quitting was never an option. The option. Yes. Quitting was never an option, which I also think could be used in a very positive way. 
Yep, absolutely. All or nothing is, I just read something. It was just like, you know, when we, in parenting, you don't know what you're doing when you start. You don't know what you're doing, you know, probably today in certain things. When we start a new job, we don't know what we're doing. When we get into a new relationship, hopefully we've grown from the past one, but we still don't know exactly what we're doing. It's the same thing with our health. And I think that when we feel pain, when we are constantly told that we should be tired, when we're constantly told as women that you're at a certain age, when we're constantly told that, well, you're a mom now, so you probably shouldn't have a ton of energy. You know, when we're told all of this stuff and then you get on social media and you see these beautiful women, women in their bikinis shaking their asses and they're like, this is what I eat in a day. And you're like, oh, cool. Well, I'll do that. I'll eat all that. You, you tell me what to do, right? And we are willing to do the things, but we are so fucking overwhelmed. And then we always end up prioritizing ourselves at the very end of the day, which is you're depleted and you're promising yourself you'll start when the kids go back to school. You're promising yourself you'll, you'll start walking for yourself. You promise yourself you'll go get your blood work done in all of these milestones. And we're just constantly programmed to chase weight loss. We're constantly programmed to chase vanity. And don't get me wrong, I want to look in a certain way so I feel good about myself. But the way that we're getting to those places is very, very unhealthy. And we're doing more damage than we understand. And then on top of that, you throw in all of the stress that we're dealing with. And our nervous system is so dysregulated that even if you're eating all the food, even if you're doing all the movement, even if you're doing the journaling and you're ticking all of the boxes because you are you are a type A go-getter and you are wanting to bang your head against the wall because you're doing everything and you're, you know, dropping into bed at the end of the day because you're so fucking tired. We'll then throw in the towel and be like, I don't care. Yeah. That's, or, that's what develops that all or nothing. It's mindset. all or nothing mm-hmm. because there's so much information. There's so much, I want to say even like persuasion, manipulation that's going on within the health industry. And it's been going on forever, right? Now it's just more in our face because of social media and stuff like that, that we want to do the right thing for ourselves. But there's so much goddamn information on top of what we're dealing with in our normal life, on top of what our symptoms are trying to scream at us, but we're pushing them back down saying, I'll deal with you another time. And then it gets louder and louder and louder. It'll get louder until you can't get out of bed. Yes. And so, which is totally like, like in America, like our stress, our normal baseline stress levels are extremely, extremely high. So that's our normal, right? And so we get into a a situation or it it just becomes too much and we don't do anything. And that is totally understandable. Um, And so I think that's when like, like just like working with you and, and, and working with women that are very, it's, it's, we're going to be goal setting. We're going to be working towards something a lot of times with chronic illness or, or what you, you deal with as well as like the gut stuff, it takes a minute <laughs> and yes. you have to understand that it took your body a while to get to the spot where it's screaming. It's going to take it a while to get it back down and back regulated. And so just keeping that a part of the process, but, and yeah, so. Yeah, let's, I, I there's so many good points there. Something that, that really stuck to me is that, that is something that I talk about so often is that we don't have an issue not doing things. We are right. the action takers of the world. Right. We are like, let me try this. Let me try that. Let me try this. Right. Speaking of my, for, for my own journey, I've tried the paleo. I've tried vegetarian. I've tried keto. I've tried 
like the detox smoothie stuff. Medical medium was my Bible. The liver, the liver detox book. I knew that thing like the back of my hand. Okay. Right. And after I, after I really put forth, and I think this is something that again, when you have a chronic illness, it is something this is why social media, that information that is put out there, this is why you have to find someone that specializes in chronic illness or autoimmune. Because, it, and again, there's something that I talk about so often, so much information, but none of it is actually ideal for chronic illness or autoimmune. Not because we're different, but because the way that we make connections in our body, the PTSD that even and uh, literally, I talk about this all the time with my clients. They, they have bloating or they have, this is like within maybe like the first two months we work together and they're like, oh my gosh, I see the rash again. Oh my gosh, I'm having bloating. Oh my gosh. And it's so, I literally physically see it in their face. It, they, they begin this downward spiral. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, maybe this, maybe that, maybe this, maybe that. And like, they always blame themselves, which again, mm-hmm. type A perfectionist. Yeah, that's us. Hello. Hi. Right. Yeah. We take our symptoms personally personally guilty guilty as charged yeah yes me too me too right so it's like okay i must have not done enough right and coming back to the thing that you said a little bit earlier that like you always have to work hard but there's so much therapy and so much healing in stillness and really just Mm -hmm. right just take that breath right so when you see that information when you see you know this girl that has like a six like a like a six-pack ab Mm -hmm. and she's like what I eat in a day, woo, right? It's just like doing all that stuff, right? And you're like, okay, yeah, like I got to look like her. I got to, no, I'm going to tell you uh, uh, my personal story of weight and things like that. So I was super, super skinny when I was little. Like whenever I saluted the judge, like you would see like my ribs from the front and the back, right? So like not healthy at 12 years old, I was, I had 12% body fat not ideal. And I was just like pure muscle in my arms and my abs and my legs. It was just like, it was just, and everyone was like chiseled, chiseled. Right. And, um, I actually, I recently came across a Instagram page about a girl that she, uh, this is so funny that we're talking about this now. This girl, I found her through a reel, you know, like when you're like scrolling or whatever, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, that's so funny. And it's like, what for like enjoyment? It's not like mindless scrolling. Like, oh my God, this is so great. And then you see something and it sticks out to you and you're like, whoa. And that reel was like a whoa, because she was like, guess what I do? And she's, I don't know, she was like around our age, around our age, I don't, I, I think. And she's like, guess what I do? And she had like six, six pack abs, you know, muscles, whatever. And it was like, she showed a picture of her when she was young. And she showed a picture of now. Right. And she was like, I almost look the same. And that like thing of like not aging and the thing of like just remaining the same. Right. And I went through her page and I was like, this girl had to be a gymnast because I look so similar to that, you know, Mm -hmm. super skinny, chiseled, no body fat. Right. And sure enough, uh, she was a um, a college gymnast, and then she went on to do elite, and uh, and then that was kind of like the end of her career. And now she does like fitness coaching, right? And it just brought me to that memory of what I know about you know gaining weight and weight loss and being fit and you know being comfortable in your own skin that comes with chronic illness that comes with gut health, right? Is that 
I used to have any like on 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 this film specifically, since I can remember, like my youngest of years, which was in the orphanage years, so I was like around two, three years old. I always had this dent in my thumb. Okay. And I always had it, I always had it, I always had it, along with all the other symptoms, right? And that was something that I was always just so like, like, ugh. Like, what is my body doing? Like, why can this thumb not go away? My other nails were not, like, that bad as this one thumb, right? On my left thumb. And it really bothered me. Like, when I met my now husband, when I met Kathleen, that was actually something that he was like, did you hurt yourself? Did you, like, hurt? Like, did you bang your your thumb on the door or something? Like, what happened? And I was like, no, it's been like this forever. And he, obviously, within that conversation, I told him all the things, right? Like, what I have, what's going on, and what I do to try to help myself, right? And in the midst of it all, right, uh, we ended up engaged, and then, uh, and then I was pregnant, like, very soon after that, like, almost a year after that. And in the time that I, so around, like, three months, four months, five months, that dent started going away. And I was like, That's, this is so interesting. My entire life, and I got pregnant at 20, 27. I got pregnant at 27. My entire 27 years of life, I've had this and that. Now I'm pregnant, which is also a whole story within itself. I was, I was so afraid because most of chronic illness, you have this infertility issue, right? So I was like, that was a whole other thing that we can talk on another podcast episode. But uh, I was pregnant and I was like, oh my God, I'm just so happy. I'm just so happy. And then I was like three months, four months pregnant, I saw it going away. And by the time I was around eight months pregnant, it went away all of it. Like the mm. nail was smooth. Like, you know, like when you have like like a nail in, like indent mm -hmm. or like a yep. groove, and then sometimes it goes away, but it's still kind of there. Like you can still feel it, right? It was completely, like it completely vanished. I was like, oh my God, it's a miracle. I will be pregnant for the rest of my life if this is what it mm -hmm. takes, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and again, the all or nothing mindset, right? So then I gave birth to my son and around three months postpartum, I had, I had a few difficulties with breastfeeding and things like that. And I had lost weight. So I had gained, uh, like whatever 15 kilo goals around like 30 pounds, like 30 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. So I gained 30 pounds in, in Ellie's, mm -hmm. in my son's pregnancy. And then I had lost all of that plus another five pounds. And that was like weird. It was very weird for me because I didn't do anything on regular, right? So it was between maybe because I was trying to breastfeed and I had a hard time breastfeeding. So I was pumping often, right? Like burning the calories and things like that. Like, I don't know. That indent appeared like that. It appeared like that. I lost the weight like that and it appeared like that, right? It just so fast, it all happened. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I thought I knew a lot about my body. But now I'm learning something so new and so foreign to me that actually there is there has to be a happy weight, a happy weight for your body, a mm -hmm. happy weight for you to be mentally sharp, right? These things have to exist. And I was like, I've always heard of this. I didn't think I was the one that needed the stuff, right? I was like, I'm mm -hmm. fine. Like I can be, you know, like a certain number of pounds and I don't have to worry about it. Like I'm fine, right? And when that England showed up, I really did a lot of inner work. And I was like, I think my body needs a specific amount of body fat in order for this liver to actually function. 
I think mm-hmm. I need some some like I don't I don't have I don't really like eat sweets. I don't really eat that kind of like I just don't nothing against it. I just don't I like you give me like deli meat and like fruit, I'm set, you know? And so what I, I can do that and like that's that's that, right? But it was at that time when I realized I think I think I do have to have a more diverse eating. I think I do mm-hmm. have to stabilize my weight. I think I do have mm-hmm. to do these things. And when I began doing those things and when I began seeing the weight go up and I saw my body change once again, I got pregnant very soon after that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, like this is such a cycle for me. So you can mm-hmm. imagine like this, this body image and body dysphoria, mm-hmm. so, so real, right? And then, uh, and then I gave birth to my daughter and I did not want that to happen. So I made sure I ate consistently. I made sure that I really took care of myself. My daughter's two years old and I've been mm-hmm. on my own gut health journey for almost 15 years, right? So right. a really long time, right? And when I gave, when I gave birth to her, again, very, something very similar, but it was more of like, I learned from this and the information that is out there is not for me. Mm. The information that is said, you know, do this, do that, eat this, eat that. It's not for me. So I need something unique. I need something unique and and definitely understood. There's a time and a place for everything. The Mm -hmm. season was not to lose weight. That was not the season. The season was take care of yourself, stay at a stable weight, and your body will be happy. And that's something that I just preach. Stay at a a consistent weight where you, you feel comfortable and your body does well. Yeah. And I think, you know, going from a professional athlete to not being a professional athlete, my body changed quite a bit and it was very, very difficult, very, very difficult. It was, it was a very much a part of my internal identity crisis because I was dealing with a lot of issues is if I don't, if I can't introduce myself as a professional basketball player, then like what the hell makes me special? Who am I now? Who am I? I literally didn't know. And I think, you know, any sort of identity, whether that's work, whether that's being a wife, being a mama, being whatever, you know, an athlete, an artist, you know, if you feel like you quote unquote lost that thing. And if you feel like when you lost that thing, you lost you, who you are, there's a lot of work to be done. And, you know, when I, when I make fun of the, the reels and, and women with, you know, doing my thing is it's not the women and that's not their bodies. It's the false mark that comes along with it. That's what my, my issue is. If you yes. want to have a six pack, if you want to be, you know, go into bodybuilding or anything like that, I think that's amazing. I think we just have to realize, ask yourself this question, what amount of effort am I willing to put in to get to this place? And secondly, is my body in a place to carry that effort, right? Do you, do you feel like recovery. if you, if you do have a chronic autoimmune, do you feel that it does take longer to recover and longer yes. to achieve our fitness goals? I do think it takes longer to recover only because when I was sent home in 2020 to, so I was officially diagnosed in 2018, but I, I had it now that I know what the symptoms are. <laughs> yeah. I've had symptoms yeah. for a very, very long time. Obviously starting yeah. when I was 16, something was off. So okay. a lot of time, like hives and stuff, anything, you know, skin stuff, it's, it's, going to be gut centered, right? Whether that's gut centered or whether that's uh, specifically immune, which is also in our gut. Mm -hmm. I I did not know that. Um, I didn't even know that 
autoimmune had anything to do with gut stuff. I mean, it was very right. separate. Like I hadn't, I literally know, and, and neither did my parents and neither did the, the, our doctors who I had to see doctors when I was growing up. Right. And so when I was sent home in 2020, I was working from home, but it was the first time in my life, my life, don't look at even chronic illness, my life, I was able to rest. And that wow. was wow. the, was when my, my healing or it was, you know, and I know people are like, ugh, healing, ugh, whatever. Oh, you know, it's kind of like this, this, everybody's over it, to be honest with you. Everybody's over yes. it. Everybody's over the word transformation. Everybody's over yes. it. Right. Every, yes. Like, I just want to feel good. I yeah. don't want all the woo woo shit, even though it is a part of it, but whatever, you know, like I don't, that's fine. We don't have to talk about anything like that, but I'm telling you when I was able to rest, that was when I felt the difference and I stopped working out because I needed to rest when working out doesn't it's it's you know your body when working out feels either shitty in the moment or you are so sore you can't walk or you cannot recover from that workout or if you finish that workout and the endorphins that you once felt do are not there anymore that is a very clear sign that you are not ready for that type of workout so yes I do believe so I, I rested for a long time and then slowly, but surely I started to, um, you know, kind of figure out what worked for me, but also what's really tough is I just, I, I like you, I want to find out what works for each individual person. Now, my yes. body is very different from yours or anybody else's. So my foundation of my athleticism of, you know, my resting heart rate of all that, it's very different. And yes. so I kind of also, and I don't know if you've ever fallen into this. I also sometimes I got into a trap of kind of using my diagnosis as boxing myself in. Mm, okay. And yeah. Saying, because I have this, I shouldn't do that. Yeah. But oh me, yeah. It's yeah. Like, Go ahead. <laughs> can I not do that? Or yeah. Can I try it and see how it works? Can I try it and modify it? And yes. so sometimes I I I tended to use my diagnosis as an excuse to not do the things that I know would actually support my body, right? And yes. so when people tell me I couldn't do this, I couldn't do that, just working with people or doctors saying, well, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. And I'm like, but I've been doing that my whole life. And maybe I'm not doing it at the same extreme level or at the same extreme quantity that I was doing it. But I do know, like, for instance, strength training for me, it works. I am a yeah. huge believer in strength training for women for all ages, for our time, because I want to age with grace. I want to be able to get up off the floor. I want to be able to pick up my niece and nephew and all of these things. But also it's the one thing that my body responds to when I feel strong, I am confident. Absolutely. And so for me, you know, it's, it's finding, how can I implement this in my life in a sustainable way that's supportive to my body and also making sure I get adequate, adequate recovery because sleep is everything right? Sleep is absolutely everything. But just kind of going more off of what you said before, I just kept thinking. And one of my biggest like aha moments for myself and my clients is, do you have a weight problem or do you have a worth problem? Yes. Bingo. I need to give you a megaphone for that one and just scream it. It's my favorite thing because yes, the more I have done work on myself or inner work, or if it sounds silly, I just want to tell you, that if we don't raise our awareness and you, we don't figure out who we are and you don't voice who you are, those nagging symptoms are going to keep, they're going to be there forever. Yeah. And or you're going to get to your weight loss goal and you're going to still feel an empty feeling of why don't I feel better? Why don't yeah. I feel more confident? You know, and so absolutely, we really have to be kind of simultaneous, especially if you're a go-getter type A, you tell me how to, you know, tell me to jump 
I'll say how high because these are the women I'm working with that are just like badass women taking on the the whole world yep. and they're like Amy I'm doing everything I I'm everything yeah perfectly I'm yes. moving perfectly I'm journaling I'm fucking rising with the sun like what is what am I not doing is it me yeah what am I not doing so yeah. if we do not address you know and you know I really believe that most of us women are walking out with an uh, an internal belief that we are not enough absolutely and so if we do not believe that we are enough in whatever way your brain is telling you that nothing external will ever, ever, ever meet your expectations. Enough. No, Absolutely. no relationship, Absolutely. no money, no weight loss, no whoever's looking you back in the mirror, no six pack, no nothing, elimination diet, no, none, nothing none. that you are chasing, none. no external goal that you're chasing is ever going to be enough until you validate that you're enough right now. And that's just, and that's a big part of the chronic illness, I think, and the identity of, I mean, I think all of us can relate into that way of like, how many women, when I ask them, you know, hey, what, what are we working towards? Oh, um, two years ago, I was doing this, this, and this, I looked like this, I did this, and I'm, you know, we're chasing a version of the past. Yes. But in the meantime, two years later, we have accumulated different parts of our life we've accumulated different stressors your body may be in a different place because if we were dealing with stuff two years ago but we didn't know we were dealing with it that's two more years of your body supporting you and trying to fight for you where you're at that we have to deal with and so we need to create some new versions of the the version of us that we want to get to we need to do that in different ways instead of fighting for our you know limitations i can't do this because I don't like this food because I can't walk outside in the rain because we need to find better solutions, but solutions that, that are sustainable Work and for solutions you. that feel yeah. good to you. And yeah. they may not feel good in the moment. And I just posted yesterday, you know, stop relying on motivation and let's find ways to support your energy. Because if you have more energy, I guarantee it, you're going to have more motivation. It's going to yep. be easier to say, I don't feel like going on my walk, but I'm going to go on my walk because it's a meditative process for me. I get the best ideas and or I just get away from this house right now where I need some quiet space for myself. Yes. And so, yes. you know, we can kind of make those those decisions in the moment, but we have to stop relying on motivation. And at some point we have to stop, I call it making decisions, you know, out of comfort rather than out of supportive of the future you, right? Supportive yeah. of the you of tomorrow because- yeah. I was in a really dark place just beginning of this year. And last year was one of the hardest years mentally I've had in a long time. And because I was in a dark place, I was continuing to make decisions that would give me comfort in the moment, but that was adding to that place I was in. Yeah. And so, you know, whatever help you have to get, whether that's therapy, whether that's reaching out to your doctor and saying, I need some extra support right now, but we have to get you into a place where we are aware of that, that decision-making and we are making decisions for the you of tomorrow, but also decisions that feel good to you. So that doesn't mean that we, you know, are motivated to change our life on Monday and we get the gym membership and we're promising to go to the gym five days a week. And we're promising that we're going to eliminate sugar. We're going to eliminate alcohol. We're going to eliminate smoking and we're going to do everything, everything all at once. God damn it. Yeah. And I'm going to succeed this time because enough is enough. And you are absolutely right. Enough is enough, but we can do it in a much more sustainable way while working on ways to support 
who you are and really what do you want? Because a lot of times I'm guilty of this. I say, I can say a lot of goals that sound good because I've gotten a lot of external validation for saying the right things. I'm going to scale my business to seven figures in a year. Everybody's like, whoa, good for you, dude. I'm like, yeah, right. And then I'm like, no, I think really, what do you want? And are you setting goals to get there? Do we have a focus to get there? And if your focus is to get more rest, God bless you. If your focus is to feel better and eliminate XYZ symptoms, yeah, let's do that. Maybe it doesn't include a lot of exercise right now. Maybe it includes slow movement. You don't have to be killing yourself towards a goal. Yep. That doesn't you know mean any, anything more you know, or less. You know why I think it's scary? Why? This is what I think is scary. Why? We have a hard time thinking about make decisions for your future self is because there was a time and a point in my own journey where I woke up every single morning with a new symptom. It was like, mm-hmm. man, today I wanted to do this and now I really can't, right? Like I am cramping up. I couldn't move. I had leg cramps. Uh, then then the morning after, I would have a headache. And then the morning after that, I would have a backache. The morning after that, I would have a moon face and all that, you know, all that, all that that comes with having, you know, every single morning you wake mm-hmm. up with brand new symptoms and you're making these plans. Sometimes it's so hard to do that. And it's for, for me personally, I think it was, it was really scary to start doing that, to make these, these choices and, and these decisions, because it's like, you know what? I've been waking up for the past years, every single morning with brand new symptoms. Why can't I just do an extreme and see results really fast? Why can't I just do that? Because I like enough is enough, right? In the way that we have connected those thoughts, we are our own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. I have, I personally, that's why like medical medium, that's why it was, it was my, my Bible, that liver detox book. It's now burned. It is now burned and gone with all the full mm-hmm. moons that have ever existed. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is done for. Uh, but that was why. Because I was like, this is the the end of all. This is going to help me. I'm going to stop mm-hmm. having the bloating, the the moon face, the blah, blah, blah. And it was just double. It was double the symptoms after but that. And so then I a- went harder. Yeah, you bring up such a good point, though, because we want it to be the one thing we yes. want it to be. We we want the thing, the thing. Yes. And, and, and I think that's where we also we're willing to go after the thing. But when that does, it ends up not being the thing. Well, thing. We, we get then, so yeah, it's it's so disappointing. We get so what is it? Um, Let down. Defeated. I was just defeated. Yes. Yes. And so yes. I think that's such a good point. And and I think, too, with with the information you provide y'all it's it's so many things and they're connected so yes. we can get out of the mentality of searching for the one thing the one diet the one food the one workout the one the one the one it's not only going to be like okay this didn't work for me let's try this this didn't work for me let's try this but yeah we have to still have all of these things in motion for your whole body to feel different types of effects and secondly you know, we have to be and try something new and try something small, be consistent with that thing to see if it works. Because when we say nothing works, what are we doing? What are the things that we're doing consistently? What are you doing consistently that you're saying that nothing works? And how long have you been doing it? Because there's so many different factors that could be at play here. So yeah, that's such a beautiful point. 
saying like, and, and it's just human nature to be like, oh, that's what I'm missing. Yes. That is what yes. it, I am missing. I'm going to, I want to give you a few kind of like I, my, my mind and the way that my mind works is I want everything to be super logical. Right. So I want to give a few time, like time stamps and like the logical sense of why the, the more times that you go for an extreme or the more time that you're focusing on one in your, because nothing in the body happens in isolation. Nothing. If you have a cold, there's something else going on. Mm -hmm. If there's something else is going on, there's, there's a first, nothing happens. And this is why I really, truly, why I started my own gut health journey was I realized when I was consistent in it for years, <laughs> it was seven years, Amy, before I actually decided this is the thing that I want to be consistent in. Seven years. In that seven years, my so I've been doing this for 15 years. My first two years, I took, I still took medication and supplements my first two years so i knew about it i was learning about it i was like this all sounds fabulous but i'm gonna still do this right so it, it, right. two years of that and then it took seven years and a lot of conversations with my husband with my therapist with my friends with my parents it took a lot of vocalization journaling a lot of stuff like that to say oh okay this is this is going to work until I actually put in my whole my whole body into this, not just like dipping my toes whenever I feel like it, right? I can't be like, I'm on a gut health journey and I'm going to help my gut brain connection and I'm going to drink all the broth and I'm going to do all the things that supposedly is gut health. But then like every three weeks, I'd be like, that detox thing looks really great. Let me go do that real quick, right? It's like mm -hmm. putting, putting your whole body and effort into it. So- Seven years after those seven years. So the year, so it was seven years on the year after I met my husband. And I think, I think who we surround ourselves with is extremely important as well. While we're, mm -hmm. while we're talking about the, the, the validations and the time and the consistency, I think that matters. Community matters. Support matters. I think it really does. Because when I, and I, I say this wholeheartedly and it sounds funny, but it, it's so true. When my poops began being good and I stopped having diarrhea and I stopped, like I said, just the three main things that I started with was like checking out what are my bowel movements like? Have I been outside? Right. Those, those things. When that started happening, when I was consistent in that, it almost feels like even, even the poopy people left. Right. So when my poops got right, the poopy people left. And I met my husband and I, and we have this conversation about consistency and like, Hey, by the way, you know, this is, this is kind of the journey I'm on. And I was really vocal about it. And I think that's another thing is like being vocal about it and letting other people know around you, Hey, this is what I'm doing. And it's nothing that's going to, you don't have to spend a lot of time doing that whole, but it's exactly how you said it's really tuning in into who you are, who, what is your personality? You know, what, what, what fitness regimen if a fitness regimen is even right for you or is it more of just like daily walking or trying to find ways that you can you know uh, I used to have a client who fitness was not really her thing so it was walking or vacuuming her house yeah and it was like yeah. that's movement ideal movement, movement yeah. and movement right and so when we begin to kind of have that because again making that decision for the future is scary especially if for the years before you're like man oh here's another symptom oh here's another thing right but when you begin to actually get the entire picture, you zoom out and you say, okay, I can vacuum the house, Jetta. What are you talking about? I can do that. Yeah, of course. Sure. Oh, I don't have to drink broth every day. 
okay, good. Because like rock is not my thing. Okay, right? And the uniqueness, exactly what you're saying before, the uniqueness must be there. Yeah. So here's here's the timestamps of things. So when if we can change the focus on, on that on that on the one extreme. So every 24 hours, our gut microbe changes. So if yesterday you had bloating, you have a really big chance if you are doing you know, the walking and the stretching and you're eating food, <laughs> you're not doing mm-hmm. detoxes, right? Stuff like that. You have a very high chance, like 90% chance for the next day to not have bloating. Or uh, or I'm going to take it a step further because every 24 hours I've got microbe changes for the good or for the bad. But if that is the case, then what you felt yesterday, just, just like take this, what you felt yesterday you have a you have a higher chance of not feeling that way than you actually do of feeling the same way. Mm-hmm. Okay, so every, every twenty four hours, right? So really, really take literally taking it day by day is like the best thing. Mm-hmm. Every seven days, our body goes through a metal and mineral rejuvenation. So for all the small traumas in our life, like arguing with a loved one, losing your wallet emotionally stabilizing children that is actually what i call like a touch and go to your trauma to like your trauma right so that was a trauma but it's small your nervous system went to flight and flight and then very soon after that it went into rest and digest so parasympathetic and sympathetic right so every seven days our body goes through oh you had this trauma you had this trauma you had this trauma after seven days, so let's say today you have an argument with your loved one. Every seven days, your body says, okay, these are the minerals that you need to re-up on. So your body's actually going to tell you, hey, I need this food. I need that food. So the cravings and the feelings of, and, and even even the fact of being outside or needing to rest or things like that. Every seven days, your body's going to tell you that. So if it seems like, if it seems like you're all the time like just going through a rejuvenation because all the time you're having this trauma effect, mm-hmm. that means that we need to do something where you are not so depleted in your metals and your minerals and your your really create that nutrient dense plates. This is why we say this. This is why that when 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 we talk about eating more diverse or more nutrient dense, that's why we talk about that. Is because when we are doing elimination diets, when we are doing, let's say, how you were saying like, oh yeah, so today I'm going to do this and I'm going to not eat sugar and I'm going to, mm-hmm. right? That's why we actually tend to, it's the same thing in weight loss. When we do the extreme, then we go mm-hmm. 10 times harder. Exactly like how I said when mm-hmm. I was on medical medium, right? It was like, oh my God, I'm gonna, I need to go harder than I'm not doing enough, right? But that's why, because we're literally depleting our mineral and our metal imbalances, which we need for absorption right? And, and digestion. And so when we do that, then now you give your body literally the seven days of, and start feeling like every single day, something is brand new. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then it takes seven years for our body, like our, uh, our uh, skin, our bone, our nail tissue, our hair, our skin. It takes seven years for that to completely change. So speaking of time and doing something consistently enough, it takes seven years. Are some people faster because they have, because maybe they're younger and that rejuvenation stage is a little bit more at a higher rate. Or if you're older, 65 and and over, that can happen a little bit slower. 
But regardless, seven is the average years. So if you're listening to this right now and you're like, okay, how long is long? How long do I have to do this consistently? Within three days, because every 24 hours, you're going to have the gut micro change. Within three days, you're going to have better bowel movements, more complete bowel, bowel movements. So that's three days, right? And then in three months, then you're going to actually start feeling better. So you're going to stop waking up with brain fog. You're going to stop waking up with brand new symptoms, three months. And by one year, you actually will feel a big difference in your symptoms. So reduced symptoms, you're going to feel way less brain fog. You're going to feel just better in your skin, whether it's because you lost weight or because you gained weight or because whatever the case may be, there's just a, it's kind of like um, you just feel less inflamed type of deal, right? So in that one year. So in the grand scheme of things, if we keep doing the extremes, we are adding about seven years of this process. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? No, a thousand percent. And but you know the thing that I kept also thinking about because I like that you like literally like this is what's happening. So, are you contributing to that? Are you how are you contributing to that? Is really the question. You know, yep. and that's 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 yep. that's that's the thing is like when I work with my clients, I want success for you. I want, I want whatever symptoms, like I know if, if we do what we need to do, your symptoms are going to be reduced. I know you're going to feel better. And when we create a plan, my, my dig deeper package is my bread and butter. I love it. It, It's going to give us the poop testing. It's going to give us the blood test. It's going to give us all of the data. We are going to have so much effing data on what is going (laughs) on in your body. We are going to give it and we are going to create a food plan. We are going to create a supplement plan. We're going to create a movement plan. We are going to check in. We are going to, you know, set goals. And, but we can do all of this. It's up to that client to follow through. Absolutely. I I love to say it in my expectation. It's your choice. Your results is based on how much you do. This is what, if we, if we want to, if you want to feel better or your goals are X, Y, D, X, YZ, we can do this and we can, you know, modify and tweak in between the biggest part, like we said before, it's not, it's not the information. It's the follow through for yourself. And that is a worth issue. And when you were saying in seven years, your poop's getting better, the poopy people are falling off. And I, my whole thing is like, yeah, because you put your flag in the sand and said, I am prioritizing myself and my health. And because you had that focus, because you had to make decisions to support yourself and your gut health in social situations, with your family, with your new now husband, you had to have those conversations and say, hey, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm doing. And as natural process, more people will be gravitated into your life to support that. Less people that are not on that journey with you will drop off. And so it's whether that is a health journey, whether that is honestly like you going after your dreams in any sort of way, if you, whatever flag you're putting in the sand and you keep sticking to that, to your word, if you get into the habit of following through for yourself, when you say you're going to do something, you're going to do it. That is how you gain confidence. That is how you get self-esteem. That yes. is how you will start Giving to yourself see people coming into your life. And the thing yes. is, is there is no end game. There is no end game. So when you're saying, how long will this take? Well, how long did it take for your body to get into this place right now? So it's going to take a minute, but it depends on what your goals 
are. And I really hope that your goal is so long-term is to have energy, is to have vitality. Do you have vitality? Are you living your life? Are you existing? At the end of 2022, I told, I was talking to my friend and she literally said, it sounds like you're just existing. And I'm like, oh yes. my God, that's literally how I feel. I'm not living my life. I'm reacting to my day. Yes. I am tr- at the end of the day, I'm doing the same things that are not setting me up for tomorrow. And if you are in the moment right now where you're waking up every day with a new symptom, all you need to, your only goal right now is to reach out for some help. Yes. You don't, absolutely. that's your decision for today and tomorrow. Yep. Yep. No, no. If, if, you know, and if things change, like I, I plan on walking today, but it's, it's not going to work out for me. That's okay. But we need to be pursuing an option for where you can feel better. That's yes. your only, that's your decision today and tomorrow. Yep. And so no pressure, you know, putting on yourself or anything like that. But I just, you know, I'll share something with you that I haven't, I haven't said anything about on social media or anything like that. This Sunday will be seven weeks for me of alcohol free. Wow. There is wow. something, and I've, I've had this intuition and I have been hit and miss. And in the last seven weeks, I've really analyzed if I say, if I say I want these things, I need to have energy. Embody it. Embody the whole thing, putting your whole body into it. If I have to have energy, what is blocking my energy? And a lot of roads led back to alcohol for me. And in the last seven weeks, I've been listening to a lot of audio books. I've been doing not only, um, and the other two things is I was having issues with bowel movements and I was having issues with low blood sugar. Low blood Mm -hmm. sugar was very much, blood sugar regulation is like my favorite effing topic besides poop. Blood sugar regulation (laughs) is so important in our in anyone's healing journey, we, you know, diabetes is up like tenfold right now. You know, type two I, is very much that something that we can h- get a hold of, but like I call I, blood sugar stabilizing and knowing blood sugar. I call that the key that unlocks. Yeah. Everything and else. so I was, yeah. I, I'm a walker. I love walks. I have a, I have yeah. a beautiful all white boxer who's the goofiest little angel walking this earth. So that's how that's him and I are just walking buddies. Yeah. I was going out my morning walks and I was sweating profusely in not hot weather. And I was so dizzy. I almost had to call my husband to come pick me up. That is not me. My body is telling me something is on uh, off. And I have been struggling with some hypoglycemia and all of the reading I'm doing is, Hey, alcohol can be a contributor. Alcohol can be a contributor. And I've also had a, a gut intuition, which I think is, we didn't even get to get into this. That saying that, listen, if you, if you actually want to keep your word to yourself, you eat decently, not consistently, you move decently, not consistently. Why? Because yeah. I don't feel like I have an energy. Why? Because yeah. I'm soothing myself at night with a drink to relax. Why do I need to feel like I need to relax? And so you just kind of go down this rabbit hole. Yeah. And I've been analyzing my relationship with alcohol. Yeah. And it's not that your my curiosity was, kept you alive. The, your curiosity not, kept that yeah. question of why alive. Absolutely. But I just want to note that it's not about my drinking being extreme. My drinking habits right. are common. So right. look at the habits that are common that are normal, that in our society is mamas, you need that glass of wine. Mamas, you earn that glass of wine. But at the other side that we know, we we have, yeah, on the other side, we know that sleep is everything. And if you're a mama, I don't, I, my respect goes to women in general. I, I have such a passion for supporting women, but moms, you are on another effing level of respect. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Of leadership of everything. And so I just want to, you know, evaluate your relationship with alcohol, evaluate re- your relationship with food, evaluate your relationship with movement, evaluate yes. your relationship with yourself and how you view yourself, how you talk to yourself, evaluate yes. yourself in a relationship 
relationship with money. Yep. We have relationships with all of these things. And those relationships are contributing to how you are supporting yourself. Yes. They're contributing to how you talk to yourself, which will then how you feel about yourself, which then is how you act upon your like to yourself. Do you do the yeah. thing? Do you it's not self respect? Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, being able to be in social situations and just say no when people are like, hey, just have just have one with us. Have one. Because I I've drinking's been a part of my life since I went to Arizona State, everybody. Geez OP. Like, hello, <laughs> parties, like, hello. And I, you know, I enjoy drinking. I enjoy the social aspect of it. But I've been able to put my flag in the sand for seven weeks, y'all. And so many I other parts of my I love life. That. I'm clapping. As just I love that. other positive things have happened since that moment. Has nothing yeah. to do with the alcohol. It's everything to do with me following through on what I said I was going to do. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if it's forever. It's just right now. And that is all we need but to it know. it feels good. Yeah. It feels so it fucking feels good. good. I feel good. Right? Yes. Yes. So you don't have yes. to have the answers for the future. But what can we do to support yourself right now? Love it. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love it. Amy, tell us what you got going on. Tell, me, tell us yeah. how people can find you. Uh, yes. Yeah. Anything else you want to share yeah. about your services? Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah. This Thank is you. a shameless plug. Go ahead. Yeah. So I just, I'm actually relaunching my podcast. It's called the Chronic Athlete Podcast. It'll be September 1st. And I know that, I don't know when this will be out. Your episode will be September 6th. So y'all, if you want to have a total, like same, same, but totally different. Cause I think that, I think you and I could have a podcast and just, we could do this all day. All day. Um, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Jetta's uh, episode drops September 6th. You know, I would love if you would. We had some really great guests on there. Take a listen. It's the new episode coming out. It's called The Comeback. Kind of talks about me burning out and uh, why I literally just said F everything and stopped. So um, and then also I'm just offering uh, my Dig Deeper package, which offers the GI map. So that's stool testing. So if you really if we want to look at your gut health, we need to look inside your gut. And then I also offer it's offer it's called the MRT blood test. And it just tests what foods it's causing inflammation in your body today. So we can support function. We can take out a little bit of inflammation. And the whole point, y'all, is that we are not eliminating things forever. We are supporting yep. function and bringing foods yes, back ma'am. in. And yes, so, ma'am. yeah, that's my my that's my bread and butter. It's where uh, we How get the most. Find you? Chronic Athlete Podcast. I am at Amy Ray Nutrition on Instagram, Amy Ray Nutrition at gmail.com. And if you have any questions specifically around thyroid, autoimmune, being an athlete and that transition, um, I would love to just chat with you. Thank you, Amy. This was so amazing. We went in so deep. Thank you so much. If you are at this part of the show, I want you guys to check out the show notes because all the stuff will be down there. And we also have a timestamp in that show notes of when Amy is dropping some serious golden nuggets. So if you are at this part of the show, thank you so much for for being with us, y'all. Yes. Thank you so much. And I'll see you guys on the next one. Bye, guys.